ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me this evening, we have the one, the only king of bandwidth issues, Earl Nieto. Earl, glad to have you back this week. Hopefully you got everything uh, squared away with your internet at your place. And uh, how you been? Yeah, I think I think last week was the weather. It was pouring rain out here, so I it was pretty bad. Um, so I'm assuming that's what it was, or I didn't pay my phone bill. One of the two. Hmm. Um, I was gonna say, what is rain? Neither, neither here nor there. Regardless, I'm I'm here. Good, good. Glad to have you back. Glad to have you here with this week. Uh, Jacob, as many folks may know, Jacob and his wife Allie were expecting a baby, and baby Maggie did join the family last weekend. So last week, so congratulations to Jacob and Allie and their new addition to their family. Uh, Jacob, we know you're watching. So hope you guys are doing well. Hopefully uh, mom and baby are doing just fine. Hopefully the other kids are adapting to the baby being in the house as well. So uh, that being said, we do have a lot to get to this evening. Uh, first and foremost, Earl, I wanted to ask you, uh, did you watch the match Saturday night or were you busy watching Backlash? Not a good sign when Earl has to think about it. No, you know, I didn't watch anything last Saturday night. Um, <clears throat> so we actually, we took a road trip down to Mountain Air and didn't put soccer on, didn't put backlash on, didn't really put anything on TV. Um, we drove from here to Santa Fe for a birthday party and then from Santa Fe down to Mountain Air to stay the night out there. Um, so yeah, we didn't really, I didn't really catch any sports or sports entertainment. So no, I didn't watch the match on Saturday. Have you had a chance to catch up on all the latest? So I watched, I watched quite a, I watched the second half. I watched, I started watching the first half. I said, yeah, this is not good. Okay. Um, and I turned it off and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm watching the second half. Um, especially after looking at the SPN score and seeing two 90 minute goals scored. In a matter of a minute and a half. Yeah, uh, for, for anyone who turned off the match early, you sure missed the heck of an end. Well, I turned it back on. So as soon as I saw the score, um, after I was rewatching it, I, I knew the score was 2-2. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really watch the – I didn't really look at the score line or anything, like how the score, how the goals came or anything. Um, so I looked at the SPN stat line, stat sheet, and saw it was – two goals in the 90th minute, 91st minute, 92nd minute. I then went back to the 80th minute. I was like, okay, we can watch this. Yeah. Apologize. Um, Which uh, my honest opinion was probably the craziest United moment I've ever watched in my life. It might, it might well have been. Uh, I was trying to think back. I was trying to, was there ever? Do we ever have another sequence anywhere close to that? And I can't think of one. I want to say that's, that's probably the most have. explosive ninety seconds. Yeah, we've ever had. I, mean, I know we've had fast starts where we got off to a two nil start right away. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it was ninety seconds quick. I also don't think ever we scored two goals to tie the match. Yeah, no, I think I want to say that's the first time we've ever come back from 2-0 down to pick up a point. 
or at least two goals down, I should say. Off yeah, the top of my head, I right couldn't. Think, yeah, off the top of my head, I couldn't think of another match that was that that had that big of a swing. Um, so yeah, I was like, I, I want, I do, I do believe that was the first time we ever come back from two from two goals down. Oh, we're talking. I'll look it up just to make sure. Um, but uh, I mean, going back and watching what you did, uh, what were your what were some of your takeaways from that from that match on Saturday night? So, taking what I've watched, the little bits and pieces that I watched, I don't know how we are so far down on the table. I don't. I mean, and I think it. Yeah, I do actually because I listened to your press conference that you sent us from Monday. I think it was, or mm-hmm. was it Monday that it was done yesterday? Next question was was Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's exactly that. It was. It's a confidence thing where they didn't have confidence, and now they have confidence. I mean, we watched we watched Hurst score two goals last week. We watched Serge score another one. I mean, then scored he scored one on Saturday night to tie the game. I mean, it's a confidence thing now. We have the confidence, and I, I'm excited to see what's what's going to happen because we have the talent. Mm-hmm. We have Santi, we have Greg Hurst, we have Josh Doling. I mean, Jacob would say otherwise, but we have Sergio Rivas. I mean, we have goal scorers. And a defense that we'll get to, I'm sure we'll probably talk about the loan. Oh, the loan of um, uh, Timothy Zali? Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. We did I'm sure that. we'll get to that. Um, where we have a complete team at this point. Even with the injuries that we do have, we still have a complete team. And we're only going to get better when those injured players come back. Yeah, no, we absolutely will. Um, I was going, going through here. To, uh, I thought I found one. Uh, we've given up two goal leads. We've done. Well, I know that. we have. I think we've given up a three goal lead. Probably, but yeah, I don't see anywhere in our history that we've come back from two goals down to pick up even a point so far. But yeah, um, I don't know. You know, I, I saw it differently, and I look, I look at that match on Saturday, and I watched that, and. We did. We compared to how we looked against uh, Rising and Orange County the week before. We looked like shit. We looked like dog shit against oh, RGV. Yeah. yeah, we looked terrible. So the first, I think I watched twenty five minutes of the first of the match, the first half. Mm-hmm. And I said, "I'm out. I'm done." We looked terrible. Yeah, we looked out of sync, out of rhythm, and it might be that we've played so many matches in so many days, but. But I, yeah, we looked horrible, and then the last twenty minutes, we looked like we actually wanted to play. I, I you know what? I honestly wouldn't even put it last twenty minutes. I say maybe la- maybe the last ten. But yeah. yeah, everything was disjointed. There was no cohesion. Uh, there was no sense of urgency. Uh, really poor passing. It was just a complete and utter shit show for for most of the night. And Harry, to your point here, the thing is, I do all the stats for ESPN for the for uh, for the for the, for the website and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't do the, the broadcast. That's all Adam and Andy, but uh, I do all the stuff for the website. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I was just looking through. I couldn't think off the top of my head. And so like, yeah, I just looked at it. And then, and really it wasn't even the veterans who had the biggest impact on the game. It was the subs of, uh, of Andres Robles and Alex Wagner coming on and having an impact there towards the end of the night. I mean, you look at the the cross that Andres sent in, that was just absolutely phenomenal. Now, Caitlin's header was just as just as Grant, you know, Chris is great, you know, squaring that ball back to the center of Sergio. Sergio's wide open, probably the best play I've seen Sergio make all year, you know, tapping the ball in from six yards. But um yeah, it was you you said it there. I mean, with Andres Robles coming on and then Wagner coming on, I've said it before. I think Wags has a bright, bright future, and I don't know why he's not starting. Yeah, it, it, it's um, it's a very good question. We um, saw it versus Orange County. Wags came on. We scored two goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and we talked about you know we talked about it, you know Wags had a tremendous night against Orange County. Like he really did. Um, and so you, you talk about the youth movement. You talk about these younger guys getting opportunities. And looking at how Andres and and Wags and these guys have played over the past several weeks, you have to think that they're going to start getting more and more opportunities, or at least I do anyway. And it, with the with the absence of Christian Nava, the absence of Chris Weham, the absence of Daniel Bruce, these guys are are the ones who are creating the opportunities more so than the veterans. And I don't know if that's a product of the system or if it's a product of them just being quality athletes uh what do you think it lends more towards i think in the mix of both i mean they're young they're i think they're both graduating high school or one just graduated high school and one's about to i mean they're super young stupid young Mm -hmm. um so they're able to be taught still they're able to learn from the veterans like greg hurst like santi moore like josh suggs the players who have been around the league for a while, they can actually be a sponge and absorb all that information and say, hey, well, when you see this happening, do this. When you see this going on, go this way, do that, do this. So I think that it's a product of their youth and the academy that they're part of. But I also think that they're just tremendous athletes. I mean, obviously they're good enough to be on the first team. So yeah, that's no. where I'm at. It's a product of both. I mean, a product of the academy and them being willing to learn and them being willing to listen to the veterans and them turning around and using what they're learning from the veterans at the academy and plugging it into real-life play and making a huge difference. Yeah, it's just to confirm that is the first time we've ever come back from two goals down to pick up a point. <laughs> I was just looking through. Yeah, that's yeah, that is the only, the first time we've ever done that. Um, but yeah, I can't speak highly enough about Andres and Alex and the, the performance they had. But the rest of the side just looked just looked terrible. I don't know. Again, I, I don't know what the issue was. I mean, you, you mentioned the the congestion of the schedule, and yeah, we had three games and three games in a week. But at the same time, we then had a week between Orange County and RGV, or six days, I should say. So there really shouldn't have been that big of an issue, I don't think, in terms of in terms in terms of uh, the the physical capabilities of being ready for that match. So 
I just don't know. I just don't know. And I know that I know United Nation was very, very vocal prior to those final two goals. But and, what are they? So here's the <laughs> thing about that. Here's the thing about that. We lose. There's picket fences and put and protests asking calling for Zach's head. Mm-hmm. We win. They're still calling for Zach's head. We go down to nil. They're calling for Zach's head. We go up and score two goals in half a minute, and they're still calling for Zach's head. Like, and I think that's why I stay off of Facebook so much now <laughs> and away from any New Mexico United Facebook group other than the New Mexico United page itself because obviously I'm looking for new merchandise. Um, there's a new kit coming. I didn't know that. There's a Samos Unidos Foundation kit coming. I'll probably get that one then. Um, but then that's just – it bugs me because – you have all these Monday morning quarterbacks who think they know what it takes to be a coach. Where Where's their UEFA A licenses, right? And here's the thing. If you want to be a coach so damn bad, AYSO, I-9, I can name all the little leagues in Albuquerque are desperately looking for coaches. Yes, you they are. You want to coach a four-year-old? Cool. Go, go coach a freaking 18-year-old. Give it a shot. Oh, yeah, Harry. Yeah, absolutely. Here, let me where's my mouse. Yeah, are, really, are there calls? Coach Prince said, absolutely. There have been people across social media. There's guys on Facebook. There's guys on the subreddit who have been hashtag Prince out since last year. Since day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before it's... Zach even kicked a ball, before he even formed a team, he was calling for their head. Yeah, people were not exactly happy. Some people weren't exactly happy, I should say, with the hiring of Zach Prince because they did deem him just you know Troy 2.0. Um, now there are a lot of similarities to what he and Troy run systematically, but you know you make the playoffs in your first year as a head coach. I don't think there's any reason to get rid of him. Now, had we started the season 0 and 5, like you know, like a certain team down south of here did. There might have been some more issues. Um, but, yeah, there are guys who, anytime there's a poor result, are calling for, for Zach to be fired. And here's the thing about that. People were upset about his hiring. Who was out there that was available? You want to go to someone who doesn't know anything about New Mexico, anything about New Mexico United, or anything about any player on the team? Well, there is a name that was floated up on Facebook not too long ago. I didn't hear it. Oh, you didn't see this? Oh, post? oh, Rick shit, Rick shit, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he would, given the history behind Phoenix and New Mexico United. Well, you never know. I, I sort of, I just don't think that Pete would ever go that route, especially not with with how the club likes how the club pushes diversity and inclusion uh, and equality and things like that. There's just no way that. Yeah, that, no, I'm still 100 on board was Zach Prince as head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I forever will be. I mean, I love the way he coaches. I love the fact that he's willing to hop on the pod whenever we ask him to. I mean, he's a genuine human that we, that I like. I don't know if you guys like him, but I like him. Yeah, no, Zach's been, all, he's always been very straightforward with us. Um, 
he, you know, he, and at one point last year, he did get kind of testy with me, you know, uh, which is you know, to be understood. Yeah. You know, it, it's to be understood. Like he gets asked a lot of questions. Uh, he, but he came back and I just said, you know, I'm sorry. I was, you know, kind of testy with you, you know, whatever. I said, I get it. You know, I, I get it. You know, it's, you know, we're trying to get answers for questions that people want to know. We're trying to get answers for, for the stuff that we want to know. Um, but Zach is just a genuinely good guy. Like he really is. Um, and you can see the benefits of the system and having a lot of carryover from year to year to year. And you see how those guys who understand it, and we've talked to Zach, you know, about tactics and, and some of the calls that he makes and some of the verbiage that they use. And the guys have really bought into the system. Like they bought into Zach, they bought into the system. It's just a matter of going out and performing every single week. And after Orange County, it may have been even been after Phoenix, talking to Zach, he's talking about guys playing with confidence. And last week, you know, I said Orange County and and, uh, and Phoenix, we saw that. We saw confidence. We saw ability on the ball. We saw guys making decisive efforts going no matter which direction they were going. But we did, but well, for whatever reason, that was gone. Maybe it's the mystique of playing at Magical HEB Park. I don't know, but... Yeah, it's the same level of intensity, the same level of urgency, the same level of confidence just wasn't there against RGV. And I don't think it's a lack of coaching by Zach. I don't think it's a lack, lack of preparation for the match by Zach. I think it's on the guys. They just came out, they got, they were flat, and they couldn't snap out of it. And then you go down 2-0, like it makes it really hard to come back. Yeah, but, I mean, it's been said around – Around the world of soccer, two nils the most dangerous lead in the in the sport. Mm-hmm. I said that exact phrase today on ESPN Radio One One Seven. The team. Yeah, two nil. I can't tell you how many times I've watched Bundesliga, and Frankfurt goes up two nil, and then all of a sudden, guess what? They're down three two. I'm telling you, Everton was up four one yesterday, four uh, one the other day, and uh, yesterday, and I was scared shitless by that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean. Am I happy for the performance that they did? Absolutely not. I was actually kind of disgusted. But am I happy that we walked out with at least one point? Of course. I would be I'd be lying if I said I wasn't happy for a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, it's it's a uh it was a much needed point. It really was. And I think you know, for, for once to be on that side, to be on the right side of a, of a last minute goal of a last minute shift in scoreline. Like I, I think it's going to, you know, I think it's going to help boost the guys up a little bit. Um, but yeah, like it's definitely something that we needed desperately. Um, we're you know, back just above the playoff line. I know it's still early, it's early to be talking about playoff line, but you know, you look at the, at the run of form, Three league ma- uh, two league matches unbeaten. You know, you get three unbeaten overall. Um, you know, so I, I think it's, I, I think maybe that, and I said, you know, last, you know, maybe it's a turning point that Phoenix and Orange County match. Maybe there's a turning point there. And I don't know. I, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see the same thing out of the, out of the veterans on Saturday, on Friday night. Yeah, I didn't either, but the good thing about that and the good thing about them coming back on that 2 nothing lead is 
that like you've already mentioned it, it has to be a confidence booster mm -hmm. because now it shows them, look, you can score two goals in rapid fire succession. You can come back from adverse adversity being down two nil in the 90th minute and still walk away with some kind of result that you need. So yeah, it's definitely a confidence booster for them. Um, I would love to see what they do tomorrow against against an MLS squad. I mean, an MLS squad that used to be a USL squad, but then somehow moved up. Um, I no, that's the no. So Austin FC is pre court. That that's what happened when the the Columbus former Columbus crew owner tried to move the team. And they had to save the crew thing, kept Columbus there. And then uh, Precourt just found the team in Austin. Austin Austin Bold is still technically on hiatus. Austin Bold, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. yeah, they're still technically on hiatus. But, I mean, if you look at what we've done over the past six matches, 11 goals in six matches, which, I mean, compared to where we're at the first few matches of the season, like, I'll take that. You know, it's, it's signs of improvement. It's signs of it's signs that we're figuring things out, at least offensively anyway. Well, if you look at back at last season, we had 11 goals in the first, like, 27 matches. Mm -hmm. We couldn't score to save our life last season. Now we, we're we scoring when we need to and how we need to, and it's nice. And they're not penalty scores. They're actually legit score. Like, it's not one – it's not Portillo versus the keeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a positive sign as well. You know, it, it's it's goals from open play. It's, I think we've had what one penalty so far this year, maybe yeah. maybe two. Um, but yeah, like we're scoring from open play, which is a which is a huge step forward for this team. Um, now, is it where we thought it would be after watching in the preseason? I still don't know, but at least we're seeing wax, we're seeing robust, we're seeing guys get in there and you know perform at the level that we thought we might see after the way the preseason went. So. Uh, and you talked earlier about tomorrow night, Austin FC in the Open Cup. Uh, United's uh, match, I'm sorry, the Austin FC matches the round of 32 matchup for New Mexico United, Austin FC. Obviously, the first two, first time these two teams have ever met each other. Um, and really, I, I've gone back and looked at the last couple of matches. I've listened to Zach, and I mentioned it earlier today on the radio, on ESPN Radio, that there may be some upsets here in this round of 32 given you know, there are eight USL championship clubs still in the tournament. And I feel like this matchup here tomorrow night is one that United could potentially walk away with because Austin yeah, is I not the like, same team they were last year. Yeah, I was looking at the, at the preview from USL championship this morning, and I feel the same way. There's a very, very strong possibility that there could be five USL squads into the next into the next round. Mm -hmm. There's a couple that I don't think will get past. I don't think Loudon moves past. I could be surprised though. But I mean United definitely has a strong shot at walking away next week or walking away tomorrow into the next round. If they don't play like they did on Saturday. Mm -hmm. If they get off to a comfortable start I'm not saying a hot start, but a comfortable start to where they're actually moving the ball and they're actually playing. They're actually taking a shot on goal. We should be fine. If we are 
performing like we did Saturday first half, first 70 minutes, we ain't moving anywhere. No, yeah, it, it, yeah, we've got to play more like we did against Orange County Phoenix Rising uh, two weeks ago than we did against RGV. And, and that's the thing. Anytime you play up a division, even if it is, you know, clubs that in the, are in the lower half of, of the MLS, I mean, there's a reason that these guys are in, are in the top division. Well, I mean, number one, they paid for that spot. Um, but number two, I mean, they're just some of the talent, most talented players in in the in, in North America, in the United States right now. And so while I think Austin has the ability to go out and put up a good show, it's just not the same team. They've been dealing with some injuries here as well uh, this year. But yeah, I, I think that we have the ability, especially you throw out a starting 11 like we saw the other day, Hurst and, uh, and Dolling up top, you put you know, Santi, Amando, and maybe, I don't know, and, and, and you know maybe uh, Swartz behind them. Like I think you got a really strong chance right there to create some opportunities to to get ahead early and put put us in a spot to to upset uh, Austin FC. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we said it last week where Hurst and Dolling up top is dangerous. It's super dangerous. I would give them. 60, 50 minutes, 55 minutes, and then I'm bringing in Wags and giving him some time against a top-level a top-level squad. I mean, the only way you're going to learn is by feeling the fire. Yeah. So if you hop in, hop in the fire and you're playing against a top-level squad like Austin FC, who were in the conference finals last year, all it takes is a quick turnaround for them, and they're back in it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, you, you really got to be careful against these guys, even though they are having a bit of a down year. Uh, but I, I think that I think defensively, I don't, I don't think we see Ford at this point anymore in, in, in the Open Cup. No, I don't think we do. I know he's been our cup keeper. Um, but I don't think we see him against an MLS side. I think it's Alex no, from here on at out. At this point, I feel like we see top, top level lineup. Yeah. But I don't think we see Milo. I don't think we see – I don't think we see – I hate to say it, but Robles, I don't think we see him. Mm-mm, probably not. He'll probably be on the bench, if anything, but I don't think we – I don't think he starts. Colorado Rapids just took a three-two lead over Sacramento. Shot off the off the upright, off, or off the post, I should say. Rebound fell right back to Colorado, and then they slotted home. Unbelievable! How much time is left on that one? Uh, I think that's in the fifty-third minute. Oh, fifty-seventh minute. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hmm. Sacramento is giving Colorado run for their money right now. Uh, so, all right, Earl, the score line prediction for tomorrow night against Austin FC. Oh, I hate this part. Three one, us. Three one. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, I think um, we I think we learned from our mistakes from this past Saturday. We come out hungry, and it's our first game out of coming off of embarrassment is pretty much what it was. Um, first match coming out of embarrassment. I think we come out and we we put it to another Texas team in the Open Cup. Yeah, that's true. The last time we went out in the we were out in the Open Cup, we did uh, take out both Colorado Rapids and FC Dallas. So uh, before losing to Minnesota United in 2019. Um, so yeah, really, really big chance for United here to once again reclaim the giant killer moniker. Um, in my opinion, uh, I, I get yeah, this is a really good draw for us. I mean, really, the group that we were in. I felt like we would, we would have had a shot against any three of those sides, but I feel like this is the best matchup that we could have possibly gotten. So um, I don't necessarily think it's going to go 3-1. I could see 2-1. Um, so I think that's what I'm going to go with uh, for my scoreline prediction for tomorrow. Uh, while we're talking Open Cup, there are some finals already this evening from around the Open Cup, around the 32. Charlotte FC defeated Orlando City. Uh, one nil into Miami beat Charleston battery one nil. Um, I believe Joseph, it might've been Joseph Martinez that scored in that one. Let me double check that. No, it was an own goal. I apologize. An own goal was the undoing of Charleston battery. That's rough. That's a rough way to go out. Uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds upset New England revolution. The, uh, the, the Troy Lassane era. At New York Red Bulls, too, is underway with a win over D.C. United 1-0 in the U.S. Open Cup. So congratulations to Troy. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. Uh, Chicago Fire defeated St. Louis City SC by a final of 2-1. Uh, Minnesota United advanced on PKs over Philadelphia Union. 3-3 was the final score, 7-6 in PKs. And currently we have two matches underway, Monterey Bay and LAFC. That is in the 56th minute. LAFC is leading that one 1-0. And as I mentioned a minute ago, Colorado Rapids leads Sacramento Republic 3-2 in the 58th minute. So uh, a lot of action going on around MLS, USL, Open Cup this week uh, and tonight. Uh, Open Cup gets back underway tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Eastern kickoffs for a number of the matches. So keep an eye on that. If you want to watch those, I believe most of the matches tomorrow uh, are either going to be on CBS sports Colosso or on bleacher report. Let me see where ours is actually going to be. YouTube. I'm think that's what I'm thinking, but. Oh, some of them are on us soccer YouTube as well. Interesting. Yeah, I think. Uh, Ble- ours I think- is on bleacher report tomorrow. Yeah, Bleacher Report YouTube. Yep. So that's where that one. Bleacher Report Football YouTube, not just their not just their main page. So that is at nine o'clock Eastern. Keep an eye out for that. I think um, the club is going to stream it as well off of their page. Oh, are they? Interesting. I want to say I saw that this morning. Okay. Um, side note on that: there will be no ESPN Radio One One Seven the Team broadcast. Due to the broadcast rights of the Open Cup no longer being with ESPN, uh, the radio station was not able to get rights to do a radio broadcast for this. They are allowed to do the radio broadcast for the ESPN Plus matches because we are an ESPN affiliate. That's why all of the other matches are 
broadcast live on ESPN Radio 1017, the team here in town and on the web and on their app. So, um, so I was wrong. It is Bleacher Report YouTube. Bleacher okay. Report Football YouTube. That's what I thought. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the Colorado game up over here because that's gonna be interesting to see how that one finishes out. So, already one cup set in the books. Um, before we get to Monterey, I do want to mention uh, news came out yesterday. Former New Mexico United gaffer Troy Lassane was named the head coach for the remainder of the 2023 uh, MLS season for New York Rebels after they parted ways with their current head coach and assistant coach. So uh, the Troy Lassane era is underway in the MLS. Uh, this is a move that we kind of saw coming uh, at some point. So, and they picked up a win, his first appearance tonight over DC United. And there's a clip over on the New York Red Bulls Twitter or where Zach has talked, or where, I'm sorry, not Zach, where Troy is talking about the importance of the next few matches, particularly as things get going. Um, so, I mean, Earl, what did you make of this news when it broke? Uh, do you think that this is a, a big step for Troy? Do you think that, uh, what do you think the New York Red Bulls are going to do under him? So I'm actually excited for Troy. I was a huge Troy fan um, when he was here. Um, I liked his coaching style. I liked his personality, especially when he picked up a red card and ran off the pitch. He didn't just walk and take his time. He ran off the pitch to just get the game back going. Mm -hmm. um, so when I saw this yesterday, I thought it was it's good for him. It really is. Obviously, he left to go explore – brighter greens, brighter ventures somewhere else, bigger ventures, and he obviously accomplished it. So, I mean, you can be mad at him all you want for leaving, but the fact is he's now coaching an MLS team. Um, <clears throat> I think it's huge for New Mexico United itself because that, that goes to show for, like, the, the MLS coaches who have been uh, released – who are looking for a chance that shows them that USL is a path to, to MLS. Yeah. From a coaching perspective, it's not something, it's not a move that we typically see a whole lot of making that jump from USL to MLS. So yeah, um, I was, when Troy left, I was disappointed. Um, I thought he would stick around for at least one more year after you know the first few seasons that he had uh, real quick. Sacramento was now down to 10 men. Uh, after a second yellow card uh, for, and I don't have a name on that. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he went to New York, a great opportunity for him and his family to, to move on up. Great opportunity for him career wise. And, you know, Tro you know, Troy's one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, he's a guy that poured his heart into this community. He's the reason behind the Somos Unidos, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Academy. He's the reason behind a lot of the, the community outreach that the club does. And so, you know, that's continued ever since he left, but yeah, seeing also him get this opportunity. He's also the reason behind the magic minute. He is. Yeah. That was his, that was his doing as well. So, uh, his, his, uh, his presence will always be felt in around New Mexico United. So, um, yeah, this, another great step for him. I know he was mentioned on another podcast, uh, several weeks ago, probably a couple months ago now at this point, um, you know, as a possible possibility for, you know, getting a, a shout, you know, national team exposure at some point or moving up within MLS. And so here he is, you know, um, a couple of folks reached out on different platforms to ask about Troy and, 
you know, it's obviously it's a higher level of talent than what we had than what he had here. Um, now you wouldn't know it by looking at the Red Bulls record right now. They're sitting dead last in the Eastern Conference, so really not much else to go but uh, except up. So I'm really excited to see what Troy does with this opportunity. I think if he does well, uh, perhaps they'll extend him into uh, into 2024 and perhaps beyond. So congratulations to Troy. Really, really happy for him. Um, yeah, just can't say enough about you know all the good things that he did. Same. All right, moving right along to uh, Saturday night, Monterey Bay, New Mexico United returns home. Quick, uh, quick trip out. Well, two quick trips out to Texas, I should say. Uh, the club did not actually uh, stay in Texas between the RGV and Austin matches. Uh, they did come back home, is what we've been told. So um, back again after Austin for Monterey Bay FC. Obviously, the last time we saw them was just a matter of weeks ago where we lost in Monterey Bay by a final score of 4-2. to uh, Not one of the better matches for United so far this year. Uh, more along the lines of what we saw against RGV the other night. Earl, do you think this, the return match happening so quickly and it being at home makes a difference for, for these guys? I want to say no. So during the pandemic and the COVID season, the club traveled to every match. We didn't have a home match. Um, they didn't stay away from New Mexico. They went, they came back. They went, they came back. So I think with Zach kind of using that same technique or playbook, I guess, of going to the match and coming back home and doing their thing, I want to say that's going to prove them fruitious and actually be good for them. I mean, that's a lot of miles to put on in in three days but or in six days, whatever the case may be. But, I mean, they did it in 2020. Why can't they do it now? I'm not saying they can't do it now. I just, you know, to me, it just seems kind of kind of surprising that they wouldn't just stay in Texas. You know, I thought that they would, and that was my assumption that they would. Um, but I mean, you train where you feel like you're gonna do best. Mm-hmm. If you feel like your altitude training out here in New Mexico is gonna be better than training down in in HEB Park in the pit of hell, I mean, so be it. Yeah, no, so yeah, looking at Monterey Bay, I mean, obviously they're still doing quite well this season. Uh, they are still sitting sixth currently, uh, unbeaten in their last uh, five, it looks like. I'm going to go back and double check that just to make sure. Uh, yeah, still unbeaten five. Their last loss was to San Antonio back on April 1st. Um, Monterey Bay, I think some people are sleeping on them. I know that we, I think if I remember correctly, most of us had them picked fairly high. Um, in our preseason predictions, um, they just keep going out and putting up solid performances against whoever they play against. And even tonight, uh, against LAFC, I mean, they're holding their own, um, to only be down one nil to a team, uh, the caliber of LAFC, um, and, and being in a position to where they could potentially, you know, snatch that one away, sit the extra time. I, I think that they've done a fantastic job out there, and I think that Saturday night is going to be really, really important for, for United to come out and be on the front foot and get 
out early. Yeah, and it, that's exactly it. If they can get out early and get started and get fired up right away, they should be fine. But for whatever reason, I don't think that they will. I don't think that they'll get started on a on a warm foot. I think they're going to get caught flat-footed a couple a little a couple of times. They're going to get caught backpedaling quite often. And it's going to be a repeat of what happened in Monterey Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I don't think that that scoreline that was on Monterey Bay, the four, I don't think we see that here. I think that 4-2 was a fluke, and I don't think it happens again out here. Um, so with that, I'm going to go and start my scoreline or my score prediction, and I'm calling 2-2. 2-2. Okay. Yeah, I can agree. I don't think we see I, – I think we, ha, we I think we see a different New Mexico United than we saw back in the first meeting. I think we see – with I'm hoping – I'm hoping we see the confident side that we saw against Orange County. Monterey Bay is beatable. We've shown that we can score against them. We just did not play well in that match at all. Um, and I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of what we need to do is going to come down to we need to have a better match defensively. We need to be able to uh, play better. You know, uh, shutting down the counterattack, which is something we did not do well against Monterey Bay the first time. Um, I think now that we know approximately how they're going to play. I think we have a better idea of how to game plan for that, of how to, uh, you know, maybe keep Kalen and will back a little bit more instead of sending them up quite so high, or maybe have, you know, if we do play those wing backs, you know, have the wing backs not push up quite as high as often. That way they're able to get back in and assist on defense as well. So uh, I think there's a lot of different things that we could do to help shut down Monterey on Saturday. And so I think we have a much better shot of coming out of this one with three points. Um, I don't think we, I, feel, I don't think we keep, keep a clean sheet in this one. So I would, if it was me, for me, I'm going 2 1 here as well. Um, I do think we get the win. Again, we, we've shown so far that we play, well, we, show, we play more confidently here at home. Um, but this is not a match that you want to, that, that Zach and the guys want to sleep on. They want to come out. They want to be get get off to a fast start. Maybe you know a first 15, 20 minute goal, and then just you know play with confidence the rest of the match. You know, I think that's what it's going to take against Monterey Bay this weekend. Yeah, and unfortunately, I agree with you. I mean, and that's why I went two two. I don't see us getting out of here with a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, and that's kind of why I don't want them to score so soon or score right away because I still don't – and I still have nightmares about it, about us holding a lead. It's yeah, I mean, that's completely – 70 minutes, 85 minutes, whatever the case may be, I still have nightmares and trust issues about them holding that lead for that long of a time. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely get that. I completely understand. Um, you know, historically, we don't do well holding leads. We never have. Um, now, whether that's a system that we play, whether it's just switching off, as we've seen in the past, 
and it's probably a combination of a number of different things but yeah it's it, it's something that we've never handled well and we have to get better at holding those leads and even against a 10 man even against a 10 man phoenix rising the other night we didn't play particularly well against the 10 man rising now down to 10 men you tend to play a little bit more loose. You tend to play a little bit more aggressive um, because you have nothing, really nothing to lose at that point. Um, so that being said, we just, we, we have to play consistent, controlled, you know, confident football against the club like Monterey if we want to walk away with points. Yeah, I 100% agree. I Alrighty then. That's going to, do it for all of our soccer talk this week. Um, oh, we did want to mention the, the Timothy Zali transfer or loan, I should say. Um, news came out at the end of last week that Timothy Zali had been had been loaned out for the remainder of the season. Now, Zali is a guy, this kind of took, caught me off guard. Um, Zali is a guy that we saw, I thought looked really good in the preseason. He looked really good in the in the open cup match against UDA. Now, again, UDA and MSU, not exactly the same level of, of competition as USL Championship. So um, Jacob was of the opinion that we're already thin at center back. Uh, but how does this how does how does this loan um, benefit Zali, and how does and does it benefit or does it hurt the club? I mean, you have to look at it. Who do we have playing center back right now? We have Kalen. Mm-hmm. We have Milo. We have Seymour. So that right there is three. Yeah, I know Seymour plays defensive mid as well, but he played a majority of last year at center back. So that is, you already have three center backs. Where does Zali fit in? And I think what essentially what this, what this loan was, was, hey, look, I'm going to loan you out so you can get playing time. I want you to better your future. I'm going to send you out so you can get some kind of playing time. Yeah, it might hurt us in the long run because we still have to play Las Vegas Lights twice. So it might bite us in the ass later on. But, I mean, at the end of the day, his professional well-being is number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um Oh my word, this ref has no control over this game. Sorry, Sacramento just played a ball forward and the defender completely straight arm shoved the attacker down. The referee didn't stop play. Like, there's no way. There's no way that's not a foul. (laughs) That's a clear foul. Um, but yeah, to, to Zali's development, uh, playing time is going to be key. Young player worked his way up to the Swiss league. He's a guy that can make a difference for, for any side that he's on. You know, he, he stated that he wants to play in the MLS someday. And if he's not getting time here, then yeah, he needs to get time somewhere. Now the concern, the concern that I have here is obviously we can probably recall, recall him at any time, uh, as is the case with most loans. Um, but I'd hate to see it get to a point where um, I, it's something I want to keep an eye on. Is he actually playing at Vegas? You know, um, and, and that's that's the concern. 
that will he still get will he actually get playing time there as well and i hope for his sake he does from a, from a professional development standpoint um so it'll be interesting to see it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and watch and we'll watch his development uh, as the season goes along Earl, I did want to ask you, I, I mentioned it earlier. Um, I did want to ask you this evening, did you watch Backlash? And what in the world is they are they doing? What in the world are they doing with some of these storylines? I did watch bits and pieces of Backlash. Um, the past couple of days, I've had a chance to try to get caught up a little bit. Um, I... I'd love to make an excuse for them, but I don't know. <laughs> my my honest opinion, and it's just my opinion, is that they're trying to buy time until when the draft takes full effect, mm-hmm. which I think is in July. Um, so I think that's what they're trying to do is just buy time until that happens. But, I mean, it's... It has me more confused than anything. I mean, I see what they're doing with Cody and Brock. Because if you look at it, Cody Rhodes' dad, Dusty Rhodes, won the heavyweight championship. Mm -hmm. He never won the WWE championship. So in order for Cody to finish his story, he has to win the WWE Championship. Which means they have to keep him busy until either um, Money in the Bank or Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble's a long ways away. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they're going to try to keep him busy until July with the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Premium live event. Whatever the hell it's called. Um, they can keep him busy until then, and then probably pick up his storyline again of finishing the story and chasing the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock, on the other hand, Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants. There's no question about it. Um, I do believe that this new World Heavyweight Championship is going to go to Seth Rollins which I'm okay with because he's long overdue for some kind of championship run, meaningful championship run. He did have the U.S. championship a couple months back or months or so back, but it was only for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking a long run with that championship is what he needs to revitalize his character. Has he really – has his? so, I mean, there are a number of different things here. I mean – Number one, I don't think they know what they want to do with Cody. I don't think they do. I don't think they they know. And I think, I I think the Brock Lesnar thing is kind of a. I don't know if it, I don't know. Like watching the match against Brock at Backlash, or maybe it was you know the other night. Like Cody came out almost as the heel, you know, refusing to start the match. You know, using using all the foreign objects and things like that, and it just it felt so off from everything they'd done with his his run up to that point. Right. You know, so I just, I don't get it. And, I, and you know, I said it a couple weeks ago that I felt like this new title would be a bad thing for Cody to win. Like, mm-hmm. 
because it it's it almost feels like a consolation prize. Yeah, you know? see, I don't think it'd be a bad thing for him to pick up the title. I I just want him to chase after the title that he's been chasing after, mm-hmm. not the one that they just created. The one that he's been chasing after. Unfortunately, I don't know how it's going to work out because he has said he wants to be on Raw. He doesn't want to be on SmackDown. Yeah, and then you know now you got, but then dude, you got, you got the issue. You know the draft. Like Roman's now on SmackDown. Like yeah, yeah. It's going to take how long for him to get a shot at the title again? Like yeah. And I just don't. I just don't understand what they did with some of those storylines. Like, don't get me wrong. There were some really great matches at Backlash. You know, I thought bad but the bad bunny match was real good. I thought um you know, I, I thought some of the others were just really entertaining, but like just the storylines that came out of it and the new storylines that they're throwing out and I, I just one, don't know. The one that needs a huge push is Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. He needs some kind of push. The work that he's done with Bad Bunny. The patience he's had with Judgment Day, working with Edge, doing this, being part of this storyline, being part of that storyline. He deserves some kind of title around his waist. I'm not saying the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE Championship or Undisputed Title, whatever the hell they want to call it. I'm saying Intercontinental Championship or U.S. Championship. Something Mm -hmm. that's going to show his worth. When he was a face in in the U.S. Champion. He was really good. So he's shown that he can have a title around him, on him, and still perform and be one of the best superstars that are there. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, I'm over the Judgment Day. I'm over, you know, Dominic Mysterio. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm over it. Like, that needs to go away. Um... Like you know, if you're if you have Dom be he'll fine have him be a heel but I'm just done with the whole Dom Ray Mysterio storyline. Um, you know, I mean Seth Rollins is obviously you know still one of the biggest draws. Uh, Cody Rhodes is one of the biggest draws. Brock Lesnar is obviously going to draw. I mean Roman hasn't been Roman. I don't think Roman's been seen since WrestleMania. So, and then yeah. this whole like USO. Uh, the whole bloodline, you know, possible civil civil war that's going to happen. Like, either do it or move on. Like, you know, we've seen over a couple weeks running out where it's like, you know, they're getting calls from, from Roman to, you know, take care of it, you know, whatever. Like, do it and move on or just, you know, find something else. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, oh, maybe I'm in the minority. I probably am. But, like, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over the, a lot of the storylines. Yeah, and I like I said, I think they're all storylines just to hold over until the new draft takes effect, and then better storylines. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see um, here in the coming weeks and months once the uh, once the draft takes place there, and see what happens uh, with WWE and their their uh, titles because apparently you have you know the SmackDown's champion on Raw. So <laughs> SmackDown Women's Champion on Raw and vice versa. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But yeah. All right. Well, Earl, it is 1015. We've been going at this for a little bit now. Uh, appreciate you being here this week. Uh, really good conversation as always. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? 
I don't. I mean, the only final thought I have really is peace. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Peace from Earl. Um, folks, that's going to do it for us here this evening. Uh, again, my name is Seth. That's Earl. Jacob's not here this night. He, this evening, he's off with his family and new babies. So Jacob, uh, we miss you, buddy. We'll see you soon. Um, Earl, real quick, are you going to be at the match on Saturday? No. No? Okay. No, there's so many graduation things going on out here that I'll be like if I could breathe on Saturday. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know I know. there's graduation stuff going on this weekend here in town. There's graduation stuff like uh, somewhere else on like next week. So Yeah, this I can, entire weekend I am completely booked with a wedding that we're invited to. Um, different things going on Saturday, and then Sunday we have different things going on. So, yeah, I am completely booked up until my ears this entire weekend. All right, man. Well, uh, unfortunately, we won't see you there. Um, enjoy your weekend, though. I uh, hope you and uh, Marlena have a great weekend. So, um, oh, man, Sacramento almost pulled them back. They had an opportunity. But anyway, uh, folks, be sure to follow us across social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast service you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, this episode will be out live in the morning uh, due to the Open Cup tomorrow night. We will also have an instant reaction show tomorrow night after the match is over. Uh, so sometime probably around 9, 9.30 Mountain Time, give or take. Um, we'll do a quick reaction live reaction show. Earl, if you're free, you're more than welcome to join us. If not, Jacob said he'll be here, so. I will try. I You'll cannot try. guarantee it. It is 9.30 on a school night and on a work night. All right, then. So there you have it, folks. Um, so, yeah, follow us, subscribe, leave reviews, too, if you have the opportunity. Uh, that helps us get higher up in the rankings on different podcast platforms. So if we're on a pod, or if we're on a podcast or if we are not on a podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on, please let us know. We'll do everything we can to get on there as well. Uh, so until next time, guys. Somos Unidos.